we do it. Perfect. We're live. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Uh, it's BC here again. I got a, a special guest with me, an old friend that I've known for a long time. Uh, so this episode is even more special. We're plugging along. I think we've done nine, nine or 10 episodes. You guys have been seeing me drop them like once, twice, three times a week sometimes. And the interview series itself has been really great. I think you guys have gotten a chance to meet some new people that aren't my friends, some other people like Kevin, who we'll talk with today, who's been a friend of mine for a long time. Um, and just to give you guys some background, Kevin and I were a part of a mastermind together for many years. Um, he's a good friend of mine, uh, very successful in his own right. I mean, the dude is just a monster. And I thought, and I, he was one of the guests actually that I told my assistant, reach out to this guy, right? It wasn't, oh, just look for people. I said, no, Kevin, amongst probably a handful or 10 other people, I said, you got to reach out to this dude and set it up because the guy is a stud. So Kevin, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. And, uh, I was, uh, we haven't seen each other in person for a long time, but, um, it's, uh, it's good to be talking again. It's been a while. Oh yeah, man. Well, we're, we're connected in spirits, man. We're both on that wavelength of progress, evolution, crushing it. So on the spiritual plane, we see each other and we're like, yeah, rock on, man. Uh, yeah, Kevin, let's, let's get a quick introduction, man, for those who don't know you, and then we'll, we'll roll right into it. What's up, everybody? I'm Kevin Langan. I am a real estate agent and an investor. I live and work in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and um, been doing real estate since I finished college in 2009, basically. Uh, and anyone who can remember 09 remembers that the market had totally crashed and values were super low. So uh, I started uh, trying to hustle $60,000 houses to investors and uh, eventually started bidding at the auctions, flipping mm -hmm. properties, uh, built a realtor team for a while uh, back when BC and I were in a mastermind in like 2015 or something. <laughs> and um, eventually decided that grinding real estate deals constantly wasn't something that fulfilled my cup. Um, I have four kids. And so having a schedule and time freedom is super important. And uh, as a residential agent, most of you know, nights and weekends can be challenging as a residential agent if you have kids um, and or you just want to do cool shit and fun shit and not be stressed out working on the weekends. And so I made the transition from just realtor doing deal after deal after deal uh, to investor started flipping properties building up cash and now i have 21 rental units that nice. uh, provide about 100 grand a year in in cash flow after expenses which is a nice buffer i still do deals as as a flipper and i still do deals as a realtor i'm just selective as to what i'll take on and uh you know just living living the dad life and uh i'm actually starting to open up a new market and flipping homes in the st louis market so um dope excited yeah man you're doing big things bro uh and we'll we'll get into a lot of the stuff that he's doing now too later on so you got in 2009 is that when you officially got your license and, and jumped into real estate like at the worst of the worst the bottom of the market yeah J july of 09 is when i got my license um i uh i finished asu in 2008 and went back to Chicago, where I, I grew up in Wheaton, Illinois, which is outside the Chicago area, okay. and or the suburbs, I should say. And I was applying for jobs, applying for jobs, couldn't yeah. find a job. And uh, you needed five years of experience to get any job, and right. I had no experience. I was uh, over 100 grand in debt between credit cards and student loans uh, wow. after going to ASU for two years. Um, cause I did community college in the Midwest and then just did four semesters and done at ASU yep. and, um, 
I was uh, I kind of had an aha moment when uh, it got December in Chicago and it got freaking cold out. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm in my parents house, which I love my parents. Um, and I was like, I can be broke here in the suburbs of Chicago in cold winter or I can, or I can go be broke in Tempe with my buddies. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go be broke in Tempe, Arizona with my buddies. And so I uh, loaded January 4th. It's my sister's birthday. January 4th of 09. I loaded all my stuff and my dirt bike on the back of my pickup truck and drove to Arizona, stopping in Colorado to go snowboarding, of course. Nice. Uh, and um, yeah, basically just moved in with a buddy. I had 1500 bucks to my name. My rent was 500 bucks a month to rent a room in the house with my buddy. Yeah. And um I was, like I said, over a hundred grand in debt. So I was pretty much like in desperation mode almost. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a hard, uh, a hard time. And uh, I actually got a job for a janitorial supplies company selling floor wax and soap dispensers and this stuff that just, frankly, I just didn't give a shit about it. It was so like lame mm -hmm. and stupid. Gas was four bucks a gallon. I was driving my pickup truck all over Phoenix and uh inflation adjusted four bucks a gallon in 09 that is really expensive gas <laughs> and uh, the salary for that job was 28 grand a year um and uh the gas allowance was like not even close to what it actually cost yeah and so <clears throat> i figured out pretty quickly within like a month that i could make more money valeting cars uh in mm -hmm. the like paradise valley Phoenix, Arcadia, Scottsdale area, then I could make working this salaried, like corporate, stupid bullshit job. And so I quit the corporate job. I quit my corporate job after like, I think it was four weeks. I was like, I got two paychecks. All right. I can pay my rent for like a month or two. Like, fuck it. I'm out. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I've never had a job since. Yeah. Um, so I basically started valeting cars um and then got my real estate license and uh in august of that year of 09 i flipped my first house with one of my buddies uh, his dad did foreclosure investing in the phoenix market or i should say stepdad and um so you know i called up my dad and i was like hey dad i need 70 grand from your heloc we gotta we gotta flip deal <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff and uh you know i think we made like ten thousand bucks uh, on that house, which we yeah. split 50, 50. So I made like five grand and I was like, Holy shit, man, I'm rich. And blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> could pay rent for a year. <laughs> yeah, let's go. And so, you know, yeah. obviously I was a little foolish yeah. with that money, but it was the, yeah. that was the, the first domino that began to fall. That kind of mm. like made me realize like being an entrepreneur is where I want to be. Uh, my dad always ingrained the mentality of like work for yourself pay yourself first, uh, you know, that kind of mentality from a young age. And even as a, a an eight-year-old kid, I would knock on my neighbor's door and mow their grass for 10 or 20 bucks. And uh, mm -hmm. as an eight-year-old kid, I made a thousand bucks over the course of a summer, you know, which would have been in 1992, um, mowing lawns. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I've always had that, that, uh, drive and that mentality of like, I got to work for myself. I gotta, I gotta go talk to people and make it happen, you know, shake the tree until something falls out. Right. I love that, bro. So, uh, you talked about flipping your first house, you moved to Tempe, right? You got your license. Did you get your license? Like during all that, did you get your license or did you flip and then you decided to get your real estate license? How did that process look? Yeah. So we, we intended to, I think we, 
I'm trying to remember that we closed on it in August. Like was that that's when we completed the flip. We mm-hmm. bought it. So I was bidding at the trustee sale, which you don't need a license or anything to do. Anyway, it's a public yeah. auction. You can just show up. And uh, but I knew that I wanted to end up listing the flips to save us on the commission side of things. Yeah. And so that was my intention initially. I'm just going to get my license so I can be the listing agent and not have to pay a realtor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, over the next few years, we started flipping some homes. We were helping other investors find properties at the trustee sale and kind of earning what we would call like a bid fee. Like, hey, we'll pay, we're a bid service. Pay us 2000 bucks. We'll, we'll uh, check the title on the property. We'll give a drive report and we'll you know, complete the bidding for you on your behalf at the auctions. And so we did that for a while, made some money doing that. Um, and then the market just started to get super investor infiltrated with like these big investment funds. And they were paying market price for these houses, meaning that the flip valuation on them, which just wasn't there. The margin wasn't yeah. there to do flips. And so the the cheese had been moved. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And I, I had my license and I was like, all right, well, let's, let's try to be a realtor. You know, these realtors, I see the settlement statements. I'm like, these freaking realtors, they make a ton of money. Yeah. Let's go, let's go try this out. And that, that's what kind of started my journey on the residential real estate thing. So I started doing like the Brian Buffini thing, uh, business by referral, which, you know, if any of you guys are doing that, it's a great way to build your business foundation, but it's not a great way to make a lot of money quickly. Yeah. Um, because you're establishing a database, you're building a relationship with people, which is great, which has now served me very well years into my career because I took that mentality and that approach the entire time. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing that and, and mostly my transactions at the beginning, I was just working for investors, like helping them find a deal, listing the flip at a reduced rate. And, you know, instead of joining a team and trying to get into proximity of people that are kicking ass at a high level, I was just figuring out on my own. I had this like stubborn mentality of mm-hmm. like, I'm not paying a split, whatever, you know? And right. uh, I, so I did that on my own and, you know, I got a hundred percent of not a lot for a couple of years, which was great. <laughs> um, and um, eventually I, I found Keller Williams and was, you know, going to the mega camp and family reunions and, and really getting involved found a fearless agent, Colton Lindsay, Brian Casella, and some of these like savage sales guys and uh, started just leveling myself up. So I think 2015, I, I did like 24 FISBOs closed. And then I just started ramping it up from there. Um, and that's kind of also when I started on that personal development journey. One thing that I've consistently done is always investing in myself, mm-hmm. investing in proximity, investing in going to Tony Robbins, and investing and traveling around and, and getting in front of and being around high performing individuals doing whatever it is that I wanted to do in my life. And obviously at that time it was just being a, a high performing agent. And so that was my main focus. Um, yeah. And then, you know, from, I would say 2012 to 2019, I probably did like 300 deals as a realtor. Um, and uh, the last few years, I've really tapered off on my transaction count because the majority of my business profit has come from the investment side. Um, you know, if an $800,000 realtor deal falls in my lap, of course I do it. You know, <laughs> those fall into my lap occasionally. You know, like yeah. right now I have a, a listing that's going live uh, within the next 10 days or so for $550. i have got another one that's in pre-listing for, you know, $499.99. I've got a pending nice. buyer at $560. 
but you know, I am not focusing a lot of my attention on generating realtor deals right. because I have focused a lot of my attention over the years in cultivating solid relationships with my database. And uh, I just literally get calls and people are like, hey, uh, we need to list. Hey, we want to buy or hey, my friend, family member, whatever. And that's kind of how my business operates now. The only thing I really do actively is uh, I use a company called Viral Marketing that yeah. helps me to stay in touch with my database. And then I just try to make a call at least once or twice a year to everybody and just say, hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah. I'm here if you need anything. And, you know, that's kind of uh, been my, uh, you know, my realtor business in the over the last few years you know and most people it's interesting you bring that up most people suck or struggle with their database like what were some of the things you were doing and and did you learn them from buffini or like what are some of the things you're doing besides that call that you think really helped kind of build that relationship because that's key man and i do my best to teach that but it seems like people almost feel more comfortable generally speaking chasing the fizzbo and the, and the expired versus talking to people that they know and i never understood that yeah i mean Obviously, chasing the Fizbo and expired is, is good if you want to like have lots of stress and uh, <laughs> be have people cussing you out and threatening you that they're going to come beat your ass, which happened to me multiple times. Um, those things are really good to do because they refine your sales skills and they make you like really, really ironclad when it comes to over overcoming objections and all of those things. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend people do both. But my personality style, like I'm a relationship based person. I love talking to people. I take interest in people. And I think it really just comes down to genuinely having interest and in being from a place of service. So like when I'm talking to folks, I'm like, hey, you know, I just I want to earn the right to be the real estate agent that you go to when you need information. So if it's OK, I'd like to build that relationship and I'd work towards earning your trust and confidence by just staying in communication with you. You know, if you own a home, I'll set you up on a home value report. And I'll touch base with you from time to time. I also send out some video emails that just keep, give you tips on how to prepare your house for the market or just market updates as, and, and what's going on. Would that be OK if I add that value to your life and, and I'm a resource for you? Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just getting into proximity with as many people as possible through open houses, through your network of people that you already mm -hmm. know. You probably have 50 grand of commissions laying in your phone right now. You just need mm -hmm. to go pick it up and you know, and, and these are from people yeah. that you already know. Yeah. You just need to talk to them. And yeah. if they don't know you're in real estate, it's your obligation to tell them. Would you rather have someone that you know? Well, I mean, picture this. You you meet up with like a good friend of yours. You're like, you go out to dinner, you're hanging out and they're like, hey, guess what? We just bought a house. And then that there's instant feeling of like, fuck, dude, like I totally <laughs> blew it. I missed it. <laughs> guess what? It's not your friend's fault. It's your fault because you didn't have the conversation. And so don't be that guy. I used to get so butthurt and so upset when that would happen. Now, when people tell me that, I'm just like, sweet dude, good for you. Like, I, because I've, I've reached the point of where like the realtor thing is not my main bread and butter. It's, mm. it's more of like my, my foundation, the, the background. It's kind of like, it pays me a hundred to 200 grand a year. And it's just like in the background, it's like, cool. It's not my main thing. Mm. But, uh, the, the, the mentality has to be, I'm going to get in front of all the people that I already know and mm -hmm. ask for permission to work towards earning their trust and confidence. And then you show up consistently delivering value. And you do that through quarterly calls. I used to do events with my database. I like spring trainings out here in Arizona. So we went to a Cubs game and I invited, you know, 20 of my top favorite past clients and we had like food and stuff. 
Yeah. There's all sorts of different things that you can do. But the main thing is communication. Because yeah. right now, the consumer, put on the consumer's mindset for a little bit. They're drowning in information, but searching for what is true and valid and accurate. And so it's your job as the professional and as the agent to show up for them and say, hey, listen, listen, I'll be your guide in this sea of information and I'll help you to determine what is true and accurate. And then when you have a need or you know someone that has a need, I'm your guy. I love that, man, because there's a lot of elements in it, right? You're being genuine. You, you hit the nail on the head with the communication. But I, I really sense the element of like you really take charge in this thing and you're like spearheading like, OK, I'm doing this for a purpose. Yes, I want to earn their business, but. We're going to do the events and ultimately it's going to lead to us doing business together. So it's like you're the captain of the ship and you treat it as such and you act as such. And I think that main point is something that a lot of people miss, unfortunately, is they almost like lackadaisically like an employee show up instead of saying, hey, I'm the CEO of my business. I need to take charge and run this thing. Would you agree? 100%. And I think even further on that topic is like people want this instant gratification and Real estate is a business that is just not instant gratification unless you just have unbelievable closing skills and you can get deals closed really fast. It's just not going to happen. You don't build those skills overnight. Those take yeah. years to forge right. of being committed to doing it every single day. And so when you think of it this way, like, hey, I'm building my freight train. I'm, pu I'm putting passengers on the freight train. And those are the people that I'm building the relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely care about them. I genuinely want them to have success in their life. And, you know, if their goal is just to buy a home for their family, wh whatever their goal is, like I'm showing up as a professional and hey, you know, Kevin, we're, we're five years out from buying a house. No worries, man. Like I want to be here when you're ready. So just let me know if there's any questions that you have. And there's all sorts of things that you can do to drip value onto those people. Hmm. But what, end, what ends up happening invariably is you hit a tipping point. And that tipping point is you've added 100, 150, 200 people to that database. And you've gone 12, 18, maybe 24 months of consistent, consistent value. All of a sudden, your phone's going to start ringing like, hey, Kevin, we need to buy. Hey, Kevin, we need to sell. And those are the best. Anyone that's in real estate that, that has been doing it for a while knows that when your phone rings and someone says, hey, we're ready to go, it's like, cool, man. All right. Here's the DocuSign listing agreement. Let's go. Boom. Done. Photos tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And like it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier to maintain a business. And that's one of the only reasons that I still do real estate to this day. If it involved constantly grinding open houses and FISBOs and expireds and internet leads, I'm out, man. I'm out because that's not a sustainable lifestyle, especially, yeah. you know, for people that have young children. Like I have four kids. I have a five month old, a four year old, a six year old and a seven year old. And life goes fast. And I don't want to miss these years when they're little. Yeah. I want to be here. I don't want to be the dad that misses the baseball game where the kid hits a home run or wins the championship. Yeah. I, I want to be there because those, yeah. those are important moments. And so digging deep and understanding this is the long game. Play the long game. Build your freight train by putting these people on it and play the long game. Then you get to a certain point where you get so many referrals that this business is just rolling. And then all of a sudden you have free time. Yep. You put leverage pieces into place. And then it's like, all right, now it's time. My, my natural evolution as a real estate agent is to start investing in the product that I sell, yeah. owning real estate. Real estate agents have an opportunity. 
with their real estate professional designation to offset most of their taxable income if they continue to acquire rental properties, which is one of the things that I've done. Yep. You pay less taxes, you start to build residual income, and then all of a sudden you get to this place where it's like, hey, I got a pretty reasonable you know, schedule and situation mm -hmm. and I'm in a good spot and I don't need to grind anymore. I have that, that consistent, like what yeah. I call base salary from both the referrals and the rental income. Yeah, it's amazing. And you just brought it up. How or how many years in was it before you made that shift from like, okay, I'm just going to do real estate to now, okay, like I really want some of this time back and I'm going to focus more on the investing because I didn't know you had flipped um, a property like that before you actually got into real estate. That was the first time I heard that. You might have told me, but maybe I forgot. Um, so w w when did you make that shift from traditional stuff to, okay, I'm going to focus primarily on investing and, and you flipped it? Yeah. So uh, honestly, like I kind of started with this investor mentality. And uh, I, bet, I remember in like 08, I paid like 20 grand to sign up for this program called Nouveau Riche, uh, which is now known as Renatus. Uh, it's been rebranded, but it's a similar type of program. But it's basically a real estate investing community and an education program of educating you on all the different type of real estate investing. And so I kind of specialized as like the investor's realtor for a while because I just didn't have that confidence to be able to go out there and, and take action on doing deals. Then the market kind of changed and I got sucked into this millionaire real estate agent idea, the red book, Gary Keller, build a team, buyer's agent, and then mm -hmm. I can be a seventh level business owner and just my, my team's going to make, uh, make me a million dollars a year. Well, mm -hmm. uh, for 99.9% .9 of the realtors out there, that is a fantasy and it doesn't <laughs> exist. And uh, the, the pieces that you need to put into place to do that and like the elite level team members that you need to have and, and the leader that you need to be to make that happen, nope. it just doesn't exist for most people. And I had a gut check moment in 2017 when, you know, my second son was born and I did that year I did 48 sales myself. I was training five new agents and I had wow. two people on salary. And so boomtown platform salary this that like i was spending 15 20 grand a month on the yeah. overhead so like yeah. you do the math on that that's 240,000 bucks of overhead then i'm i'm grossing like 350 then i'm paying a cap then i'm paying um you know tc or this or that whatever i'm paying yeah. all these expenses and i was like wait a minute what the hell's going on here like i'm grinding i'm missing my kid's life and uh I'm netting less. Yep. This is this is stupid. And then I realized like, hey, th there's a better way. And I actually shut my team down. I folded it in and I actually joined another team that was at the brokerage because I was just like, I need relief from this like yeah. overhead. I need relief from like trying to herd these cats, like trying to train mm -hmm. new realtors. They want you to like be their savior, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I can't be your savior. You got to you got to freaking do the work. Yep. You know, I can't do the work for you. I can give you the opportunity and you got to go out there and take a swing at it. And maybe you miss, but that's okay. But a lot of, a lot of the new realtors, they're just, they're just wimpy, dude. They want yep. something for nothing. And, uh, it, I realized like, Hey, my thing is not training new realtors. Like that's, that's not where I want to be. And so basically I just, uh, I shut the, shut the team down. I got leverage and be, having that leverage was critical in my shifting and pivoting towards investing. And starting in 2017, at the tail end of that year, I, I started to do a few flips 
while I was in that transition. And then at the tail end of 2017, I bought my first two uh, rental properties. Well, I shouldn't say the first two. The first one that I bought was a uh, uh, foreclosure in 2010. And mm -hmm. my dad was the capital partner and I was kind of the boots on the ground. Yeah, uh, we, we bought it for 66 grand. We sold it last year for 740 and did a 1031 exchange and bought a uh, property in Florida nice. as a uh, vacation rental up in the Destin area. And so, um, but that was, that was our first one. And we still kind of have that, uh, that equity today, I should say. So that, that was a, that's a cool story. But my first one that I did on my own, I was kind of riding the tailwind of all that marketing and that, you know, all the stuff that I had going on with these yeah. teammates. And I just closed, I think in the fourth quarter of 2017, I made like 90 grand. And I basically just poured all of that into properties. And nice. so I bought two triplexes, uh, one of them for 200, one of them for 145. Um, you know, I still own both of those today. And just, just those two properties, I'm probably cash flow positive between them, like 3,500 a month. That's awesome. Just oh, yeah. those two. And so, you know, I, I started doing that. I was flipping and rolling profits into holding properties and then, you know, bought a new primary and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, that's awesome, bro. And now you told me recently, I don't know if this was recent or not. You actually came out with your own kind of course, kind of teaching uh, investing. Yeah. So I've come out with something I called agent to investor. Uh, and essentially there's there's two components to it. One of them is essentially it's just an online digital course. And then we do have a group coaching version of that as well. Um, but essentially, it's, it's designed to give agents the foundation of what is the journey that I went down just going from being an agent that's just grinding deals. And I'm successful at it, but I'm getting burnt out and I'm getting stressed mm -hmm. out. Like most agents, like when I hear an agent telling me like, I've been in this for 40 years, I'm just like, <laughs> man, my condolences to you. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like I would never want to be doing this for 40 years and bragging about it. Like, I'm yeah. not saying I will never do a deal when I'm like 50 or 60. I probably will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But like, yeah. I, I, I will say that like, it's, it's definitely not something that I want to be doing uh, later in life, yeah. uh, grinding <laughs> a high volume of transactions, because yeah. let's be honest, it takes a lot of energy, physical, mental, emotional energy to be a, a good real estate agent. Oh, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, agent to investor, it's the, it's the system and process to go from transactional grind and to have your foundational systems in place to be able to take advantage to the, of the deal that falls in your lap. Because every real estate agent throughout their course of business, they will have a deal that falls in their lap. And you can even ha either have the commission mindset of like, okay, who can I sell this to and make, make five, 10 grand right now? Or I can have the investor mindset of how can I buy this property and make a hundred grand in six months or yep. 500,000 in 15 years, you know? Yep. So that's kind of the mentality mm -hmm. that I've adopted. And it starts with, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've done in our mastermind, like those affirmations, those declarations of like you declaring out loud who you are and who you intend to be and how you're going to build that in your life. And then once you have that subconscious base and foundation in place, in addition to all these other little tools and pieces, you're in a position to do a strategic strike as soon as you see a deal fall in your lap. And you will, as an active real estate agent, have deals fall in your lap. Oh, dude, you're right. Even my first year or two, I had a ton. And I was telling myself, fuck, if I had the money right now, I would snatch this thing up like that. 
Yeah. Because I could turn this into a rental or I could flip this thing for probably 40, 50 grand profit. I just, I don't have the fucking funds. And back then I was naive. I didn't know how to use other people's money. Right. Like yeah. I didn't know anything, but even I back then was like, fuck, but see you brought it up. And one thing that you mentioned earlier, um, you, you said a key word and you said proximity. That's really what revolutionized me in regards to investing. When I started like in 2014 and 15 was I just got around people who were investing and they were always talking about it. And then Mike Wolf, who I met through my, um, from one of the other coaching events that I went to, cause I did like the Mike Ferry stuff, the Kevin Ward stuff yeah, and dudes from Canada own like 300 doors. And I was like, Oh shit. Like maybe I need to talk to this guy. He hits me up out of the blue a couple months later. Hey, I'm doing another tour at seven grand. You want to come? I was like, sign me up, bro. And at the time I think I had maybe 10,000 in my account, but I was like, fuck it. I got to do this thing. Right. All I in. go there. I go there. I end up buying a property there, dude. That was my first like tax deed auction tour. Like he hit three different cities. Right. And I made a YouTube video about it that like blew up, but like I had to be around him. Right. I had to take the action and I had to be there to learn it and finally put it into action because up until that point, it had been like I mentioned two years of one day. Okay. Yeah. In the future. And like you said, I was also to a degree being irresponsible with my money. I mean, I'm fucking in my late twenties. I'm making two, three, 400 grand. I don't have kids, right? Like you can fuck around a little bit, but it gets to a point where it's like, okay, is this a serious, am I going agent to investor? Am I going to buy a property or am I just plugging along another year, make a hundred, 150 grand and just skate by and be okay or slightly better than my peer group. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that was one of the biggest changes, bro, is getting around, you know, rock stars like you being around Colton, being around other peer groups, going to the coaching events. That's what exposes you to it. Cause the first time I heard anything about investing, I was in my first real estate office there in LA and a couple of the veteran agents that were all making at least like those guys were making at least three, four, three or 400 grand a year, like minimum. Some of them like seven, 800. They were talking about doing a JV to buy a building that was worth like 2 million. And then I remember they walked by. I just heard like one line and then I'm sitting there. I was like, man, and I'm just trying to make five grand this month. What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but hearing that, I was like, damn. So you get told to think bigger. I was like, shit, I need to, I, I need to be in those shoes. I want to, I want to buy a fucking building for 2 million. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, if I make five grand a month, I'm like sitting at the table with fucking 50 cent and floyd mayweather and all these rich guys because i'm the man right even though again now it's like five grand fuck we can make that at the, at the blink of a blink of an eye you know yeah so uh man i i love i love what you shared bro uh real quick um i, I want to ask this just so people have reference uh because i know you are you doing mostly like a buy and hold or are you still doing a lot of fix and flip or like a healthy mix of both yeah so Honestly, since the market changed so gnarly over the last year in Phoenix, I kind of I haven't bought a property since like September. I kind of took a pause. Mm -hmm. Our fourth baby was born in December. And I honestly, I just took some time off. And uh, I've, I've taken some time this spring, first quarter, and then coming into the second quarter to really mm -hmm. focus on building out the, the course and getting it out right. there. And, uh, you know, right now I'm I'm implementing my uh, fix and flip business in the St. Louis market. So nice. my goal is to acquire five properties in the next 30 days. I have cash just sitting around, so I need to, inflation's eating at it. So I got to move it in, into something else. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, I took a break. So my main thing right now is, um, you know, just starting to do some flips again. I've got, you know, a solid rental portfolio and it's all stabilized on 3% debt. So I'm a little bit spoiled uh, with the uh, the mortgage situation on there. And um, 
but I'm, I'm looking at these, these other markets because again, a lot of you guys, if you're in a high, high dollar market, it's difficult to find properties that cash flow unless you're doing multifamily value add plays where you can go yeah. in and buy something, you know, let's just say for 1.8 million, uh, multifamily, like uh, this is a deal that I was just looking at in Phoenix, uh, 1.8 million, 16 unit building. Wow. And then it needs like, uh, you know, 15 grand a door, you know, quartz countertops, shaker ca uh, cabinets, stainless appliances, LVP floors, redone yeah. shower, just kind of a, a decent uh, yeah. do over on it. And then, um, you know, so you're in at uh, 110,000 a door or something like that. And then you're, you're in at 110 plus your 15 per door on rehab. And then, you know, you refi and it's worth 160 a door, you know, and you can yeah. get all your money out and then, uh, pay your investor back or whatever. And then you have a cash flowing asset. Those are the only types of deals that are viable in these higher dollar markets. Like if you're doing mm -hmm. single families or, or even Airbnbs, like it is really tough to make those things pencil out in a, in a high cost yeah. market. So, um, right. like, honestly, I have an Airbnb in Scottsdale that, uh, you know, I've got 350 grand in equity tied up in that house and it, doesn't really cash flow that great, but I got an awesome 3.25 30 year fixed mortgage on it. And mm -hmm. the location is amazing. And eventually, you know, with, with how inflation's going and everything else, that'll be a free and clear asset in a, in a great location. So my intention is to hold that for the long term because I don't necessarily need the yield on the, that money right now. Yeah. I love that, man. And just so people have an idea, if you were to guess over the last, like since 2009, how many deals have you either done or been a part of through JVs, like in total, if you were to guess? So real estate agent deals, I've probably done like 340 roughly. Um, and then investor deals. Uh, I mean, even just in like 2011, I bought 90 properties at the auction for one client. Um, wow. And myself, I've flipped over 70 homes. Um, and then, you know, I own nine properties that total 21 units. So, and being involved, like under market acquisitions that are like the deals aren't counted in the MLS. Like, I don't even know. There's yeah. like even more, probably another mm -hmm. hundred more. So probably yeah. 500 deals ish, you know, something like that. I ha honestly haven't kept track. I should have. That's amazing, bro. That's awesome, man. So yeah, yeah dude, um, I'll, I'm definitely going to have you back because then we can uh, have a, a, a more deep conversation about these things, dude. But definitely uh, check out his course. Check out Kevin. I'm going to put all his links below, whether you're listening on the audio version or, or the YouTube version. I'll put his Instagram. Um, we can put a direct link to your course. We can put a direct link to your website, uh, whatever you want to send it to us, Kevin, and we'll, we'll make sure that we post it in the comment section. Same thing on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, if anyone's interested, they want to hop on a call with me. You can schedule a call from my Instagram page. There's a there's a link um, just to chat, see where you're at in your life and your business and what opportunities exist. Hell yeah, man. So any, any last parting words of wisdom for the audience? Vision. Make sure that you have a vision that's going to align with what you want to build and create in your life. And there's no right way of doing it. Like it's okay to say, Hey, I like being a realtor and I like making 500 grand a year as a realtor. That's okay. Be okay with whatever it is that, that you want to build and create in your life. And then just go after it wholeheartedly. Like don't, don't mess around. Don't procrastinate, laser focus, execute, take action. 
you know, like the world rewards like savage entrepreneurs that get after it. There's no like uh, there's no benefits, you know, because you're uh, a certain type of person or whatever. Like you are either someone who's adding value or you are just a barnacle that's along for the ride. And my advice is to just get clear on what it is you want to build and then just run at it like full force. I love that, bro. And and I think that that's the mentality that carries you through progress and evolution and everything else, because if not, everything else is moving too quickly around you and it's just going to swallow you up. Right. And and that's that that energy and that force that does get rewarded because that's what's required to reach that level or accomplish anything, really. I mean, whether we're talking invention, technology, your own goals, human evolution, whatever it is. Right. Like I can't think of anybody who, oh, yeah, I came up with this invention just lackadaisically taking my time and, you know. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like you never hear those stories. It's always like, oh yeah, I dedicate myself to this idea. I locked myself up in my basement for six years straight doing research 12 hours a day. And I finally came up with it. Like those are the stories that you hear, which is directly in line with what he's saying. But I guess, you know, once you're actually doing it, a lot of people just don't have the, the courage or the balls or the conviction to actually see it through, you know? Yeah. The last piece I would say is pay for proximity, pay for proximity. If you want to, if you want to leapfrog that that growth journey and that time frame, pay for proximity. That's something that I wish I would have done more of earlier on in my career because it really, you know, like being stubborn, I'm going to figure it out on my own. I'm going to do it yeah. this way, whatever. Like I, I kind of like to say I did it wrong enough, long enough to figure it out. And yeah. if you can leapfrog and pay for proximity, you're going to be thanking yourself later because that the growth trajectory will be just be so much faster. You'll compress time. Absolutely. I love it, man. Make sure you guys check out Kevin support him. He's a beast. Follow him on Instagram and check out his course too. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Later.